Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. It feels like we just left you. Because yeah, we did. We were just here. But we appreciate you being here. Uh, Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Do us a favor, smash that like button for us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page as the quest for 50K is on. With your help, we hit the 40K subscriber mark last night. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get ramped up to 50 here. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube page from all of your burner accounts. And if you don't have one, create one and subscribe from there. Podcast listeners, we'd appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And, of course, a follow or subscription on your preferred podcast app. And a reminder to check out allchgo.com for all of our great merch, for all of our great events. I wrote my first uh blackhawks beat newsletter of the year the first few will be unlocked and then that will be a diehards only kind of a thing and also at allchgo.com you can find out about our blackhawks takeover november 4th against the florida panthers you get a pregame drinks and meet up with us tickets to the game uh you get the uh fifth third uh arena pregame experience get to see the locker room there it's a whole day of fun stuff that's november 4th allchgo.com and of course if you're a diehard, you're going to save on that and all CHGO events. But get in quick. That's coming up soon, and those tickets are going fast. So jump in. The one for February 25th against Detroit sold out in a couple hours. Still a few tickets left for the November 4th game versus uh, your defending Eastern Conference champion, Florida Panthers. So it should be a good time. So jump in there, allchgo.com, and join us at the UC on November 4th. It's going to be a good time. Can't wait. Yeah. That really came quickly. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> Stop yourself! <laughs> I didn't say a word. Yeah, I you mean we <laughs> we got we got into the season and and it, it got rolling uh, pretty fast and uh, you know in a blink of an eye we've got four games uh, under our belts and Blackhawks are two and two and sitting in a playoff spot right now. Ooh. That's feeling good. Feeling that playoff push. Oh, oh hell they, yeah. They were also in a playoff spot at this time last they year. They sure were. <laughs> we were all like, uh-oh, what's going on here? They yeah, they sure like, were. Was it 6-4-2 and two last year? It was It was so, way it was, too good. It was yeah. something like that. I remember yeah, a lot of panicking like in the six, chat. They were 6-4-3. And then and like, November came, and they went like 1-11 or something. Yeah, November. Yeah, yeah, they, they got, they got on track after yeah, that. They, yeah, they, they, they got the losing memo pretty quick in November. This is a different season, of course, but there's going to be a lot of losing still to come. Yeah, well, we're going to talk in this show about uh, the Blackhawks' young defenseman. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But just so much fun beating Toronto because all <laughs> you get the next day is the fallout from Toronto. Mm. The hockey world is crumbling. We got Steve Simmons writing that the Hawks aren't making Connor Bedard available enough. What? He talked for 10 minutes on Sunday in your arena, Pudwack. Steve Simmons being an asswipe? That's Seriously, weird. I'm sorry that you might not have been there, but Connor Bedard talked for 10 minutes. I don't understand how that guy still has a job, to be honest with you. Uh, he's, he's a, a he whiny little... It's, it's because... People the, react. The, the paper that employs him likes the reaction. He's like, he's like Toronto Jay Mariotti if Jay Mariotti cried more. Yeah. Wow. We've got uh, Toronto fans who are saying... Corey Perry wouldn't try that stuff if Ryan Reeves was on the ice. Well, he was for that a was, few minutes. That, I think that was that tweet was in jest. I don't think that was a serious oh, I don't tweet. Know. I don't know about that. Um, it's just it's just so funny. It's just a I, regular season loss in Toronto. It's like a Bears loss in Chicago. It is a it is a week long we, uh, reevaluation of your life goals. I did get into it with a Leafs fan. I tried my best to stay out of the muck, but I couldn't. I couldn't resist. 
when somebody was like, yeah, Corey Perry was too scared to fight Ryan Reeves last night. And I replied, he was too busy scoring the game-winning goal. Yeah. Like, too busy I'd, playing. I, I'd rather have my pud whack score a goal than be on the ice <laughs> for six minutes and watch Mackenzie Antwistle dance around him to score a goal. That's just me. Yeah, Personal preference. Just me. We had a dime for every guy Mackenzie Antwistle skated by. We'd have two dimes. A dime, maybe two, yeah. <laughs> At least yeah. two. Yeah. He plays Ryan well, Reeves he, twice he scored that. He uh, scored the goal in the preseason. That was pretty nice. Yes, he yes. did. So that's two dimes. Um, so it's, it's just fun to watch. And then after the game, uh, some stuff being written. And uh, we talked a lot last night about Alex Vlasic. We're going to continue to do that today. But um, after the game referenced a speech after the Montreal game that Nick Felino made. This is a quote from... Uh, this Was there NHL. a rain delay com. last night that I missed? What's that? Was there a rain delay last night yeah, that I missed? Yeah, one in between each period. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> what do they say? I'm making a Cubs game oh, seven rain delay right, joke. Right, right, right. Yeah, never mind. Sorry, sorry. Um, I'm trying too hard old. to be funny. I'm concussed. Um, so hey, here's a quote Jocelyn from Vlasic. He said, uh, "Flino told us our play was unacceptable. We were kind of sleeping in the first two periods of that game in Montreal, and we still managed to end up with two goals. I think if we were dialed in, we probably could have won the game." He told us the goal for us was to finish this trip over 500. So that would be. Winning in Colorado. That would be a three and two road trip, which I think everybody in Chicago would happily accept. Oh, 100%. Well, yeah. I would think most people would be okay with that. I think there's still a couple people that are saying, but the tank and yeah, enjoy we're, that. We're not, yeah. uh, we don't want to really. Just the, the reason in last year was the tank was because of Bedard. Yeah. Yes, there are top prospects available in this draft, too, but I don't think there's a Bedard-level prospect in this draft. There's people not. like Celebrini, people like Iserman. There's a lot of like names yeah. up there. There's no consensus number one guy. Yes. They might, there might be by the time Christmas rolls around right. or, or the draft rolls around, but right now there's two, three, four guys that all yeah. can be consideration. So, Which is the Blackhawks land in the bottom five, six, seven picks, they're going to get someone pretty good. Like, yeah, there's still going to be a lottery not, team. I'm not really worried about that. And I trust, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, I trust the, the the front office to, no matter where they pick, they're going to get the best guy that fits what they're trying to do. Yeah. So if it's first, second, seventh, God forbid they fall down to like 10th, uh, you know, 32nd because they win the Stanley Cup. Um, <laughs> they're going to get the best player available and the, be the best guy that fits what they're looking to do. Um, and, you know, that Tampa pick might be better than we thought it was going to be. Cause Just they don't not too good. Don't fall. Don't yeah. fall into the bot 11th, into the top 10. 11th is good for me. <laughs> 11th worst, please. That I, would oh, be I, great. I, but cause they're, they're I really don't want to sweat out two draft picks in the lottery this year. It was bad enough last year. Two lottery picks this year. I still, I still overall, I think Tampa will be fine once Vasilevsky yeah, comes back. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, we're not going to be counting down for the got to get you know number one pick. It'd be nice if we get it again, but it's not about that. Last year was all about that, and got incredibly mm -hmm. lucky for it to actually work out. Yeah, and you got you guys. Some of you benefits. guys in the chat and on Twitter are making me irrationally already hate Macklin Celebrini. Yeah, stop, <laughs> stop. I love this comment by Alan K. Greetings, dedicated Hawk fans. Is it time for a swear jar for the word tank? Mm. Ooh, it might be. Yes. That might be the new donate a dollar if you mention uh, losing on purpose. I or don't hate that idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, look, getting a win against Colorado uh, on 
coming off of a win over Toronto, like think about the the confidence boost that that gives that room to be like, hey, like we're three and two on this ridiculous road trip where we you know haven't seen Chicago in two weeks, two weeks plus, and you get a win on the opening night of the season against Pittsburgh, a team that loaded up to try and be a playoff team this year. You have a hard-fought game against Boston. Uh, you have a game in which, as as Felino says, they had a poor performance that if they had just picked up what they what they did in the third period for three full periods, you're probably talking about a, a, an effort that maybe you get a win. And then you get a win in Toronto, another team that is supposed to be in the playoffs. And if you come away with a win in Colorado against the Avalanche, who are, I would think, more people are confident that they could be a Stanley Cup contender than any of the teams that you played before. I mean, three three and two in in that kind of stretch before you even play at home is would be incredible, and it would be a really. I know it's you know, a couple shows ago we said we're we're out of the business of, or at least for me, I, I want to be out of the business of moral victories. Um, but a three and two start with those wins, that's a huge victory for this for this team early on in the season. I mean, I still with. Uh, even if they go two and three, it's still pretty good when you think yeah, of gauntlet. Sure. Considering it's yeah, already considering it's already competitive good. in every game, even yeah. the Montreal game where they played like ass for 47 yeah, they were, they minutes. Were, they were a post away from tying the game in yeah. the final seconds. Right. Um, but this is like that type of thing is part of the reason you overpaid for Nick Foligno. Exactly. It's why you gave him and four Corey million Perry. and Corey Perry when you, nobody else, everybody else saw that and go, what are they doing? I guess they just got to reach the cap floor. No, you're paying for more than just the production on the ice. And both guys have been very effective on the ice as well. But you pay – Felino's a guy – he's like having another coach out there, but not – you know, he's a guy that the younger guys are probably going to open up to a little more because he's a player. He's not – you know, he's not one of the coaches. He's yes. not – you don't want to worry about – you know, I think some young guys may be a little, you know – gun shy to maybe not criticize a coach, but question or, or so, you know, Felino could be that, you know, uh, that middle, middleman there. But, you know, Felino's a guy that keeps things loose. We see him in practice all the time. Mm. He's always laughing. He's always, you know, talking to guys, but then come, you know, he's like the team dad. Yeah. And it's like when you when yeah. your dad says, Hey, you know, pull your head out of your ass you listen yeah so so here here's what felino had to say about the quote from vlasic he said oh they weren't supposed to let you guys know about that speech uh, in all seriousness i just told them that we have a good team here the past days in the past let's have a winning trip by the time we get home we should have pride when we go on the ice and this is something that felino has been saying all year the mm-hmm. first time he spoke the second time he spoke he said this team is not bad this team's gonna surprise some people it's gonna turn some heads like and I think we all kind of agree, like, that win in Toronto was impressive. The win in Pittsburgh was impressive. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Carm uh, before the show. It's like we're programmed because of the last few years of last year's Hawks roster and the years before Jeremy Cotton of just – they're gonna. I don't care what the score is, they're going to lose. They're, somehow they're going to find a way to blow this game, to lose this game, and they haven't. And I think – Part of that is the coaching. Part of it is just a better roster. But you've got guys out there that are like, hey, let's go believe. Believe in this. And I, I don't want this to become a Kane and Taze were a bad leaders thing. 
But the way they were more Taves than Kane, let's be honest. The way that Taves was behaving the last few years here, upset about the direction, understandably so. He's a huge competitor. He's used to winning. But he was surly. He was pissed. He was unhappy in the locker room. That had an effect. Now you bring in Felino, you bring in Perry. Felino, who is just this constant optimist, you know, happy to be here, has been on good teams, has been on bad teams. He's been through the gauntlet. It's a different kind of leadership. And I think that that's – and remember, when we talked to Alex Vlasic Vlasic after last season, or was it two seasons ago, we talked to Vlasic, whatever it was. When he said about the the egg shells. The egg shells, yeah. Last season. That was – yeah, that was – or was that – the beginning that of was beginning of this training camp. That was beginning said, of last season. Yeah. yeah, and he said, like, it was like walking on eggshells in that locker room, and, and now it's a different feel. And he goes on. This is also from last night. Vlasic talking about Corey Perry. It's cool to have a player like that, not only for his experience, but the fact that he's been to the final and he's won a Stanley Cup. It's cool to have a guy like that and a guy like Felino in the locker room mentoring the young guys. They're super vocal and super helpful for everybody. Yeah, That is exactly what... Kyle and Davidson wanted when he brought these two guys in. Oh, and by the way, Corey Perry's a point per game player at 38 years old. <laughs> sure, of course, <laughs> which I'm is. sure will last. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's, leading, that's leading the team in points. Yeah. That's absolutely uh, the pace that'll last. Look, I, I I think the the difference between last year's locker room and this year's locker room is that it was very clear that. The plan was most of the guys that were brought in or they were the high-ticket players like Taze and Kane that were still on the roster, most of them were supposed to be traded at the deadline. Taze, obviously his health led him away from that, but if he was healthy all season, I think that maybe a trade happens. Patrick Kane obviously was moved. Max Domi was moved. Um, you know, Domi and, and Athanasiu were guys that were brought in. Domi got moved. Athanasiu ended up uh, sticking around, which worked out for him. Um, but the error was these guys are all moving on. And a lot of it, uh, I don't know how much of, you know, you can really get behind some of the some of the players where, you know, you know, like, you know, it's, maybe it's not as spoken, but it's kind of, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Like, yeah, we're probably only here 50, 60 games. Perry and Felino, I know they're one-year deals, but they have a heavy price tag. And I don't know if the Blackhawks are looking to move either of those guys. And I don't know if they could, because you're thinking that if they're going to retain salary, like we've talked about a couple shows ago, they only mm-hmm. they have two slots. You're not going to use both of them no. on Perry and Felino to knock down their $4 million cap hits. So I found it interesting that um, earlier this week, Pierre Lebrun posted in The Athletic his little sit-down interview with Kyle Davidson, and they he t- asked them about the trade deadline and about guys like Pierre and Felino. And Davidson said, quote, My thought on that is that we signed them to be Blackhawks. We didn't sign them to move them along. We targeted them and brought them in because we saw the value in them for us, and that's the sole focus. And so I think when you think about Perry and Felino, they're here. I I have no thoughts that... Now, sh- sure, if, if they perform really well and a team comes to Kyle Davidson and says we're going to give you this boatload yeah. of stuff for Here's Corey Perry. Third round pick. Yeah. <laughs> then you then yeah, you think about it, but I don't have any real thoughts about like them moving on. Like I I believe that we're going to get 
you know, a full season of both those guys here. And that makes a difference between, you know, last year and this year with the big voices in the locker room. Because think, the young yeah. guys have somebody that's like, well, I can listen to this guy because he's going to be around as long as I'm around. Well, and the messaging matters, too, because I think that when Perry and Felino were brought here, Davidson and Richardson told them, this is why we want you. Mm-hmm. We want you to come here and teach these young players how they to be professionals. for both of them. Yeah, hot, exactly. When they traded for the wait, right to sign he them. He could have just yes. waited three days and signed them, but traded for him saying, hey, this exactly. is what I think about you. Say, yeah. And we want you here to do this. Whereas with Domi and with NSU, like you said, we even if Davidson didn't say, hey, we're gonna, we want to give you a contract, we want you to help, we're probably going to flip you. He probably did. I would think he probably at least gave them that idea before they signed that very likely we'll move you with the deadline. So naturally, those guys aren't going to like solidify themselves in the leadership roles. They know they're here for a short time, and even if, this, even if the same fate awaits Perry and Felino, at least they understand the assignment right now is whatever happens at the deadline, fine. Right now, our job is to lead this team, whereas Max Domi signed with the Hawks to bet on himself mm-hmm. and say, look, I need, to, I need to have a good season here, put up a bunch of points so I can make more money in free agency. Ended up with another one-year deal in Toronto. We'll see what it means for him long-term, but he put up the big numbers. Mm-hmm. He was their best player for most of the season. Um, so it was just a different, it's just a different feel around him. Even if, ultimately, they're all dealt at the deadline, the, jo- the job description... For Domi and Athanasiu last year is different mm-hmm. from Felino and Perry this year. Yeah, with with, with Domi and Athanasiu, every time they scored last year, we're like, oh, that trade value is getting higher. <laughs> and with Perry, you know, we're just like, hey, look at the production we're getting. I don't think with their four million dollars, even with salary t- retention, there's not a lot of contenders out there that, that are going to want to add a four million dollar fourth liner to their roster. No, no, no. Um, and what value are you really going to get? I mean, is a fifth-round pick worth more than another six weeks, two months of that mentorship to your young players who are going to matter? I don't think so. I'd rather no, have them no. here. And those are two guys that <clears throat> could be here beyond this year, whether it's playing sure. or maybe Corey Perry takes the Chris Kunitz role and makes the passes at practice. Sure, <laughs> Nick Felino, you know. If they, I mean, Corey Perry seems like the type of guy that's going to play another three, four years. Sure. Yeah, I, th- I don't think this is his last. No, stop. I mean he's on pace for eighty-two points. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's not still got down. it. He's, he's he's making a run for a second heart trophy here for yeah, right. Out. Right. So let's see what uh, what happens. I mean, these could be guys that maybe they're back next year as the two veteran guys. You know, if you're still you're going to be bringing in more young guys. Why not keep them around? It'll be the influence on the wave that comes in next year. Maybe you decide, you know, Tyler Johnson's not back next year. Maybe you decide, well, okay, Taylor Radish, we're moving on from him. Maybe we're moving on from Boris Kachuk or some of these other guys. Yeah. And then you have the room to keep Perry and Felino as those those veteran guys, and you still have spots. They're not taking away spots from the next wave of young guys that are coming in. Well, and also – there aren't really any certain forwards to move up next year. You can no. maybe think Nazar might have a chance, but that's probably still two years Colton away. Doc, if he stays on the ice. Yeah. Um, that's about it. That's it. Really? Like Ryder Ralston is probably like a 4A kind of a player mm-hmm. where he's up and down between Rockford and Chicago, and maybe eventually you find a full-time job for him there. But 
There's not like a bunch of forwards knocking no, on Nobody's going to get upset saying, my God, Corey Perry's taking away playing time from Ryder Ralston. That's right. that's not something anybody's going to say. Yeah, I, I, I think as far, as far as that goes, Doc is probably the closest of players that are already in the organization. Um, I would be shocked if Frank Nazar doesn't play in the NHL next year. If he doesn't? Doesn't. Really? I think I, I think he's he's off to a really good start. I think whenever Michigan's season ends this year, uh, he's coming over. I I don't I I I really think that having two years in college would have served him well. But I think the the way that he's playing this year, the way that you know, the, as long as he's healthy, the way he's playing so far, if he keeps it up through through a full season. I think it's time for him. It would be time for him hey, to make the jump. I'm certainly not opposed to it. I, I wouldn't mean, be mad at it. If he's ready, get him here. Play him. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know. Um, but even if even if that's the case, that's one spot. Right. Right. I still got room for those guys. And, you know. Yeah. There's a sure. lot of guys here, like you mentioned, like the Kachuks and Radishes. We'll see. I, this those, is could a, be, those could be the guys that are moved at the trade deadline. You yeah. got. That's a good point. And this, I mean. This is a massive year for Taylor Radish. Yeah, and so far, not so great. Yeah, he's just not really been a factor He, he was at good all. last night. He played good last yeah. night. He was the mo- He had his best game last night, yes. but still, like, if we got that Taylor Radish every night, then, yeah, we'll be, we'll be good. But he's kind of a guy without a spot. Like, last year, he was always on that second line. Mm-hmm. He was with Jonathan Taves for most of the season. Got comfortable. This year, he's kind of like, well... We need a guy to plug in this hole. Yeah, he's kind of he's he's gonna move up and down like the, as injuries the, go. Yeah, uh, the that spray paint stuff you put on a boat to plug in a hole. Flex seal. Flex seal. Yes, <laughs> he's he's Taylor Taylor Flex Seal. Um, so. I just sawed this boat in half. <laughs> uh, the Blackhawks have ten forwards on expiring deals. Plenty of room. Yeah. to bring back. There's a lot of yes. there's a lot of turnover Next that could happen. Roster is gonna be interesting. Yeah, and, and I, I think some of these guys will obviously be back. Six of them are RFAs. So yeah, I mean, you get I, the only one I can that I would feel comfortable guaranteeing is back is that two, Cole Gutman and Lucas Reichel. Those are two guys that I'll, of of the ten, I'm like, yep, they're for sure going to be here next year. Everyone yeah. else, it's up for grabs. Dickinson, Perry, uh, Johnson. What else am I looking at here? Felino. Dickinson restricted or unrestricted? He is an unrestricted free agent. Okay, interesting. Uh, and then you got Entwistle, John, uh, Reese Johnson, Boris Kachuk, Taylor Radish, all are, are, are all. You got it. Come on. All arbitration <laughs> eligible RFAs. Wow. We shouldn't say someone shit yesterday when I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you did. laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, there's the, the, the turnover is, uh, it, it could be there. Next season. And, you know, going into free agency could, could change things up too. Um, but I think there's going to be spots for guys like uh, Doc and, and Nazar. Who knows? Maybe Oliver Moore. I don't know. Um, who knows? Maybe Macklin Celebrini. Who freaking knows? Like, but but the, the opportunity is, is going to be there for, for a shakeup in the forwards group. But I, I think if, if the idea of keeping Perry and Felino around – benefits a young roster benefits a, a team that's going to go through some transitions having some steady guys like that i'm i'm not against it at all and two you also made them part of the leadership group like 
you're yeah. not really going to do that with guys that are only here for a short while. Like I wouldn't think so. You, got, you know, Max Domi never wore an A last year. You got uh, sure. you got ten. I think so. As you just said, you got ten, uh, ten potential forwards. If you brought back two to three of Perry, Felino, and Tyler Johnson on cheaper deals, I wouldn't be mad at that. No, no. Depending well, on what else you bring a, in, a, yeah, that's not a not a yeah. horrible idea. And and I'm the, hesitant to give Tyler Johnson too much money. I said on a cheaper deal than he's yeah. making now, like a million. Yeah, that wasn't a contract given to him from the Blackhawks. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, but if you give him, give him three. I mean, salary cap is not going to be an issue next year. Well, you got to unless hit the you floor. make a, unless you make a massive play. Even if you make a massive play, you're still like twenty million shy of the yeah. floor. Give me a year or two deal. The, the three of the three of them year are com- three mil. Yeah, sure. It. The three of them are combining for thirteen million this yeah. year. You bring them back next year for a combined nine? nine million. You give each of them three million. That's okay. Or two of the three. Yeah. At three point five and, and five million and for two of them. Lino and Perry's price tags were because. They, the they Blackhawks wanted to make sure that they were going to get those guys because <laughs> they could have taken one-year, $1 million deals to go on contenders, but they were like, oh, $4, four million. million dollars is better than $1 million. <laughs> like, I don't think That's it like ta- four times more. Yeah, right, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, 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 that, was a, that was why you overpaid them, to make sure that Davidson could get his guys. You know, you, you, you play NHL 23 or 24 now, and that you, they have the roster update. Um you know, sometimes you go in there and you, you overpay because you really want to get that, that free agent on your team. Uh, it was to get those guys in the room to have the exact impact that they've already shown that they've had four games into the year. Yeah, yeah, that was part of the reason you also traded for those rights so you can get them on the phone and say, hey, this is the plan here. Right. This is what we want to do for you. Like, we're going to pay you more than anybody will, but we need you to do, you know, these things so yeah it's uh yeah it's been so far so good i mean 78 more games to go let's see if we feel this rosy about those three guys in in march but i i I don't see why not as you know colin blackwell also on an expiring deal oh yeah i keep forgetting he's around 11 11 forwards yeah that's a lot um hey uh you know we told you you can get your tickets to our uh Takeover for November 4th at allchgo.com. But if you're looking for tickets to the other 41 Blackhawks home games this year, yeah. uh, you probably want to look at game time. It is a great place to get last-minute tickets, and you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Our buddy No Royd says got his tickets from game time for December 2nd in Winnipeg when the Hawks come to town. Use the CHGO code. Nice. Boom. That's what you should do. We'll tell you how here in a minute, but it's a great way to save on tickets. You wait till the last minute. On game time, and those tickets go lower and lower and lower, and boom, then you pounce. Or if you just want to know you can get in the building, and you don't have the patience, you don't want to take the risk, jump on it. You're still going to find a great price because they will match any other uh, third-party you know, ticket broker's price that you find elsewhere. You say, hey, it's this price here. Can you beat it? Yes, we'll beat it. Just let them know, and they'll get back to you quick. I know Herb said he did it once, and they got back to him within 10 minutes with a better price. So it's got great Last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, which is great, so you know what you're getting, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They've got those last-minute ticket deals, flash deals, zone deals. It is easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event you want. It's not just sports, concerts, theater tickets, whatever you're looking for. Game time has it. 
So download the Game Time app, create an account, use that code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 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 Is it my turn? I think so. Okay. Hey, you know what else you can guarantee? The deliciousness of Goose Island beer. They have been Chicago's beer since 1988, and they are the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO. And uh, they have a tremendous year-round roster of beers that will uh, satisfy your thirst uh, when it's time to crack open a cold one. You got the full pocket pills, the everyday beer that the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. You have the entire family of Beer Hug IPAs, and you have the golden cans of 312, their wheat ale, their year-round staple of their illustrious beer roster. And uh, coming soon, the uh, you have the Blackhawks Pale Ale, and you have the newly designed... I was just looking at the name, Bull and Goose. Such a cool can. West Side Ale honoring the Chicago Bulls. It is a tremendous can design. Uh, always like a good uh, can. So get ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers like all of these listed and more when you go to the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can check out Goose Island's Tap Room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Again, that's the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Lots of folks in the chat owe us a dollar all of a sudden. It's not just yeah. Young Dangle God. We're seeing a yeah, lot of resigned Caner stuff. Knock it what off. is all this? Not going to happen, gang. Hey, we're going to have a pizza for Thursday night pizza at this rate. Party. Pizza, pizza party. Pizza party. I like pizza um, party. Hey, this just popped up on my feed on hey. the topic of Corey Perry. If you guys have seen this, uh, let me know. But the hockey news running a poll. Is Corey Perry a Hockey Hall of Famer? That's a... F- that's a Do you want to guess theory. on what the percentage yes no vote is right now? I bet you it's like 50 50. It's got to be close to 50. Pretty close. 51 like 49. It is 53.4 to 46.6. Favor of yes? In yes. favor of yes. Wow. I say yes too. It's a Hart Trophy winner. Hart Trophy Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup champion. That, that puts him apart. Multi Trophy. Stanley Cup, three straight Stanley Cup final appearances yeah. at the end of his career. He's done it for a long time. Olympics, juniors. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he's a first ballot guy, but he's one of those guys after like three or four years, you're going to go, why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Now, how, how many boxes does he check on the Blackhawks' alleged list of requirements? <laughs> Is he going to hang uh, right up there next to Marion Hosa? I think they should have retired. He sh- they should have retired 94 the second after he scored that goal last <laughs> night. Just actually raise him to the Raptors. <laughs> just have him, <laughs> just have him like just dangle up there. The reverse the sting. Instead yeah. of going yeah. down, it goes right <laughs> goes go. up. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I'm... So it's funny because the votes, you know, the no votes are just people that hate him and haven't thought about it. Oh, sure. Because um, if you just like remove the sure. the Pudwakistan from his uh, birth country, um, it's a yes. Like if you just say, here is this player, is yes. this is this player blind a Hall of Famer? Blind resume. Stats. Yeah. Yes. You're going to go, hell yeah. And then you go, that's Corey Perry. You're going to be like, ooh. Oh, no. Yeah. That's like the old Folgers <laughs> crystals. You know you've been drinking instant coffee. Oh, how dare you? Like Chris Farley just yeah. freaks out. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he he'll he'll be north of 900 career points by the end of the season. Um, Stanley Cup MVP, two Olympic gold medals, Juniors gold, like checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, he does. He's a Hall of Famer. He is. Um, I know well over a thousand games. Looks played. like a yeah. World War II sailor. I know yes. he's. Uh, he does. I know he's got 
you know, <laughs> his last few years, the production hasn't been there, but teams want that him ha- for a reason. That yeah, happens of the to goals. a lot like of players. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. He, I, yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. I, I think he is. Yeah. I, it's, I, I think if I'm, if I'm voting straight up yes or no, I say he gets in. Um, but I think there's some well-deserving players that aren't in that should get in ahead of him, but he should be in the line to get in to get into the club. Yeah, I think he gets there. Yeah, he's Canadian. <laughs> that, that's check. Yes, that's, that's that gets, that gets you an Olympic gold check. and a yeah, you know yeah, that gets you that gets World you Cup of Hockey champion as well. Yeah, there you go. 2016. Um, a couple of people in the chat were talking about they can't believe that Saturday's home game is not sold out. Yeah, crazy. I'm pretty sure it is because when you go. On the Blackhawks app, and you click single game tickets, it's all verified resale tickets. Ah. So I'm pretty sure the game sold out. You can get tickets, but you're getting resale tickets. Hey, you're looking at game time. Uh, Cheapest seat in the house, 77 bucks. Uh, That will go down closer to game time. But there are decently priced tickets for this home opener. Some pretty good seats, too. Well, now the Blackhawks said that they have five games that are already sellouts. This season, Chelios came for sure. Chelios, yeah. I would. I have it's, to it's think so Saturday's. It's got to be, especially if you're, if you're saying, yeah. Ticketmaster app while you were doing when I saw that and you guys were doing the reads. I went on the app. There's like it's a, it's a Saturday. It's the home opener. Reset. It's Connor Bedard. It has no. to be a no. Nothing is on this on the official okay. Ticketmaster site for face value. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of like kickback to the team. Get your tickets, yeah, because because right, there are tickets available. Yeah, people are selling them, right? But interesting, it's not that but you're not going to be able to walk up to the box office and buy tickets, right? No, um, but yeah, use game time. I mean, it's a great it's a great way to do it. I'm looking at like if you want to sit behind the net, the Hawks shoot at twice, two twelve. That's pretty good. What section? That's section one eighteen, row fifteen. That's yeah. Right behind the net. I mean, there, there's a lot of good seats on game time. Get the high five the uh, Zamboni driver all night long as he comes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. At the same level. Yeah. So, yeah, game That's time. Use the game uh, time. Get the app, use the code CHGO, and you'll save 20 yeah. bucks on whatever you decide to do. Bottom yeah. line is there's no face value tickets left, so use game time to get your tickets for Absolutely. Saturday night's game. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's spend some time on the Hawks' young defenseman. And uh, we talked a lot about Alex Vlasic last night, and um, we're sort of seeing as, like, one thing we mentioned in the post game, if you missed it, is whenever a team plays in Toronto, you're getting a bunch of different kind of national eyes uh, on the game, and they're watching these Hawks prospects. And um, aside from Vlasic, who probably played his best game as a pro, um, Kevin Korczynski continues to just look the part. And while none of these young players have been perfect by any means, there's nothing I see in Korczynski's game that tells me Oh yeah, he's got to go back to Seattle and learn. No, absolutely not. I don't think there is anything that Kevin Korchinski can go back to Seattle this year and learn that he's not going to be able to learn here. Yeah. Why? Like, what is going yeah. there? And and I think of Spaceballs when uh, Lord Helmet is attacking uh, Lone Star and he just puts his hand on his helmet and he's just like flailing mm. wildly. What good does that do, Kevin Korchinski, to just go to the WHL, skate circles around children? put up 100 points, and then come back and try it again next year. He's not looked out of place at all in four games. If it's so. a, if it's adjusting to the physicality and the speed, you're not going to do that at the, in a <laughs> WHL. No, no. I I think so far the uh, the games he's put on tape, 
I don't have any concerns that are glaring to where it's just like, oh, that's a problem that needs to be worked out uh, against 17-year-olds. Um, no, I, I think Korchinski has played well enough to continue to stay in that spot right there with uh, with with Connor Murphy. Um, he's, you know, he's been doing okay on the power play. I, I have no problems with him sticking around. And, and yeah, I mean, maybe we reevaluate this come end of November and, and see, you know, a larger sample size. But so far, he's been totally fine. You know, and, and, and for a young defenseman at the stage he's at right now, being just fine is more or less a good thing. You know, if you're not doing things to cost your team and you're not making glaring mistakes over and over and over, like you're like, like, oh, this, this is a huge weakness. You're, you're doing okay. He's passing the eye test. There's no doubt about that. Um, the n- analytical numbers aren't fantastic for that pairing uh, Mur- Murphy and Korchinski as a pairing at five on five have the lowest Corsi four percentage 36.45 uh, which means 36.4 the shots that the Blackhawks are, are uh, total shots on ice while they're on the pair only 36% are for the Blackhawks yeah. meaning 64% are against them but I think they're getting more defensive zone starts but they've been on the ice for zero goals, four at five on five and five against. I but I also but I they're also the, defending the, the top the, the yeah, opponent's he's top. He's passing team the eye test. This is yeah. where you've got to do the mix. If you just looked at those numbers, you'd be like, oh, Korchinski is uh, he's got to go back to Seattle. But when you watch, you see he can make the plays. He's you know once he starts getting a little more confident and a little more aggressive offensively, he's going to start mm-hmm. putting up points and that's, yeah. that's going to make the numbers seem better. Uh, as far as don't pass up shots when you're in between the dash marks. No, uh, the, the, the speaking of Corsi four percentage, the defensive pairing with the best Corsi four percentage is Jared Tenori and Wyatt Kaiser at 44.59%. Uh, They've been on the ice at five on five for one goal for one goal against. And then the top pair, Jones and Alex Vlasic, who we were raving about last night, and rightfully so. They have the most five on five time on ice of any defensive yeah. pair in the NHL. Granted, they've played four games. Most teams have only played three. Some have only played two. 49 minutes, 40 seconds of five on five ice time. Jones and Vlasic, 43.6% Corsi four. They've been on the ice for four goals for only one against. Pretty good. Seth Jones as an individual at five on five, been on the ice for five goals for only one goal against. Tell That's me great. more about how he sucks. I know. it's uh, He was great last night. The game against yeah. Montreal, tough game. You Luke could say that basically about, called him out yeah. uh, for a bad oh, yeah. play in that game. Um, yeah. But totally a great response from him. And it, I'm looking here, too, at Korchinski, like individually – his individual Corsi four, not just as a pair, is forty nine point two two. That's sixty three shot attempts for sixty five against. It's basically even. Yeah. And when you consider bad. mostly defensive zone starts up against the opponent's top competition, which Connor Murphy's going to draw most of the time, mm-hmm. that's good. Like I look, I, I'm I'm not messing with the pairs. And Bijan says I prefer Korchinski with Jones. Um, I'm not changing that. Vlasic and Jones look great together. Korchinski with Jones is that's no you need you need a guy like Murphy with him because they they can play off of each other's strengths. Korchinski can be aggressive at five on five offensively because Murphy is back behind him and Murphy and yeah it just 
that plays off better. You don't want to turn Seth Jones into babysitting Kevin Korchinski's offensive, yeah. you know, instincts. No. And you don't also want Korchinski to not take initiative offensively because Seth Jones is there and he, and he could defer to Seth Jones and be like, Oh no, no, no. You're, you're the more offensive guy on this pair. I'm going to hang back. I'm, I'm going to pass it off to you or I'm going to dump it in so you can have a chance. No, no, no. You want Korchinski to be able to flow with what he does well offensively and have somebody back there like Murphy who can, you know, take up the, the defensive slack and Vlasic has earned the right to play on a top pair and Seth Jones, you're not taking him off top pair he's your best defenseman but Vlasic has played the best out of the young group and honestly like you could have a serious conversation between him and Seth Jones who has been the best defenseman through the first four games like they're they're playing together very well Vlasic's defensive game is 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 coming around Um, his reach is a big part of that and we saw last night he can make a pass or two on the on springing Corey Perry on the on the breakaway yeah, as he develops and, and continues to grow in the NHL, um, you're going to start to see a, a little bit more of that offense, uh, offensive upside kind of creep in. And, you know, as long as he continues to, you know, be defensively aware, uh, be aggressive at the right times, his size is going to take him a lot of places. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, I would not touch that Vlasic Jones pairing. No, they were really good at the end of the uh, 2021 yeah. season mm-hmm. uh, when he ca- when he came here, and then we all thought that was going to be a pairing last year. But he he, he took the Rockford uh, route instead, and that's obviously it's worked off. a yeah. lot wonders. I I still wonder if that might still be in the cards at some point for Wyatt Kaiser. Kaiser has. Looked good at times, and he's also looked like a rookie at yeah. times. There's been some, some uh, you know, tire fire type plays out sure. there. It's going to happen with a young defender. But my, the thing that impresses me the most about Kaiser is when you see him, you know, off the ice. He he has like this swagger to him, yeah. his confidence. He doesn't. He's not like an NHL rookie in the locker room. He's, mm-hmm. He he acts like he belongs. He's confident in himself. Um, and, and that's that's something that's not coachable. That's something you, that you 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 are you're born with, and and you got to have to be at this level. Um, but I I wouldn't be mad if they get you know if Kaiser kind of either levels off or maybe digre- you know uh, digresses a little bit. Maybe you put him to Rockford, and then you give you know Isaac Phillips you know a little run here. I think he's earned an extended shot in the NHL. Yeah. Um, but so far, those three are exceeding expectations. There's, there was a lot of worry about, um, you know, three rookie defensemen, three rookie defensemen. So far, so good. Yeah. It, it, in fairness to uh, Kaiser, and, and Dan sort of says it too, like he is playing with either Tenorti or uh, Zaitsev yeah. every night, which doesn't help. Yeah, that's um, a lot different than playing with Jones and Murphy. Yeah, and I want to – and uh, by the way, Bijan clarified. He was saying he likes the Lions – uh, he just meant having Jones, Murphy, and Luke would be better for his development as opposed to juniors. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry we misunderstood yeah. that. Agreed. Um, Want to make sure we got that on the air so Bijan didn't have that sitting out there for eternity in podcast land. Um, <laughs> the other thing I want to see is Korchinski get a little more power play time. Maybe power play one. I know they're, they're going to be hesitant to take Jones off of that, but yeah. I don't know. I, I, the guy is such a good puck mover. His instincts to activate and stay home are so good and so strong. 
I'd really like to see him get more power play opportunities. I, eventually, maybe, but I want him to be more aggressive with his shot mm. before he gets that way. Because with, with Bedard out there, he's going to get so much attention. And Jones has been shooting the puck a heck of a lot on the power play. Where if Korchinski's out there, he may be looking just to, I got to pass it back to 98. I got to pass it back to 98. Let him get a little more aggressive and confidence in his shot yeah. and his off, and then maybe you make that move. But, um, you know, the power play hasn't – it didn't take him 15 attempts to get their first goal because Seth Jones is on the top power play line and not Kevin Korchinski. I know, no. you know, the, the, that shorthanded goal can be can be tagged to, to Jones, but overall he's been, he's been fine. Like, he's, he's getting the job done. Yeah, and I, I think Korchinski playing on power play too allows him to have more of a offensive threat uh, to be – featured more because that first power play is loaded with talent right. and and you want to have a guy like Seth Jones who's a known commodity offensively be be in that group so that the power play two group Korchinski can Korchinski can quarterback it and have more be more of a threat be more of a focal point to try and facilitate offense than to be like you said just kind of like passive as part of power play one rather than more of a focal point in power play two and yeah be, be aggressive. Shoot it more. Yeah, Seth Jones, uh, according to Natural Stat Trick, is credited with one power play shot on goal, but nine attempts. So he's yeah, putting he's, the puck on net. Yeah, is and it's mostly coming from you know trying to shoot through traffic from from the top of the blue yeah. line. And Korchinski in nearly thirteen minutes of power play time, uh, no shots and only two shot attempts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> Let it rip. Everyone on the power play. Shoot the puck, but yes. especially Korchinski. Yes. Hey, talk, speaking about shots. Yeah. Uh, we got a draft Kings pick of the week. Hell yeah, we do. And uh, we've been telling you guys since day one, um, hit the bet the over on the Connor Bedard shot line. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night it was at three and a half, and it came in again. He only had the four. That was his lowest total. Three and a half of, on DraftKings. Yeah. yeah. So th- um, we don't have the uh the lines yet for thursday's game against colorado even if they bump it up to four and a half slam the over yeah keep betting the over my advice to you is to bet the over on his shot totals for all 82 games you're going to win a lot more (laughs) than you lose you're going to be a net positive end of the year (laughs) you're going to have more money than what you started so our draft king pick of the week Parentheses season <laughs> is bet the over on Connor Bedard shots. It's probably going to be three and a half, maybe four and a half, whatever it is. Hit the over for Thursday night's game. And if you're looking for fun too, uh, last night I played Bedard plus three and a half or over three and a half, and uh, Austin Matthews over four and a half. Austin Matthews had nine shots on goal. <laughs> yes. Like that Austin Matthews one is going to be free money. He had most nine shots too. on goal. After zero in the first period. Yeah. Like, yeah. those are two to keep an eye on. But at right, what point, though, does the Bedard number become a little bit? You said you're pretty confident at four and a half. Four and a half, I get a little bit. I still think most nights it's going to hit. At what point do you start to maybe pull back on that bet a little bit? Six and a half. Six and a half? That's yeah. your number where you're like, I'm not going to I don't think it's going to get that high. get up that way. Yeah, I but mean, if Matthews is getting four and a half, yeah. that's about as high as you're going to see. Probably. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, four and a half. As I said, you bet it every game, you're going to win more than you lose. Yeah, absolutely. You're probably going to win two out of three. Yep. So, yeah, that is the DraftKings 
pick of the week. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and you can use that promo code CHGO for new customers. You can get your $200 instantly in bonus bets by just betting, making a $5 bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook. With that CHGO promo code, the crown is yours. It is yours. You're not going to do the disclaimer? Get the crown. I, I you have to do the uh, disclaimer. You got to do the disclaimer. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to run to, the, ba- hey, I'm gonna run to the bathroom while you do the disclaimer. <sighs> Gambling problem? <laughs> is Cody still here? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit <laughs> www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsible on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Sorry, Leafs fans. ccdkng.org. Co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. <laughs> Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. That, that nailed was it. Good. Go. good job. 30.95 seconds. All right. Very I would have been faster, but I got confused by this. I started a couple seconds late, too. I, I got confused by that last line. It, it, it puzzled me. Yeah. Uh, Mario, before we wrap up the show, you shared an interesting tweet uh, in our little Slack chat. Oh, about the uh, Blackhawks ratings. Now, we know that the Pittsburgh and Boston games, aside from Winter Classics, were the two highest-rated nationally televised regular season games ever. On those networks. On, the, on those, uh, yeah, on, on non-network TV. Right? Yeah, on ESPN and TNT. ESPN and TNT. Yeah. So, uh, what do we know about the local broadcast? Yeah, so this is coming from uh, Jeff Agrist, and he says, through two Blackhawks regular season games, on NBC Sports Chicago, uh, they are averaging a 2.0 household rating in the Chicago market, a 233% increase from last season's first two games, which were a 0.6. And uh, I don't know exactly what the numbers mean. The, I know it's like per, ten, is it per 100,000 or 10,000? I, I can't know. remember. I, I don't know. know. Either way. Uh, 233% increase in viewership of the first two games of the season year over year. I wonder why. Hmm. Did something Conrad happen? Bedward. Yeah, did something, did something happen? Corey uh, Perry. Everybody loves yeah. Corey Perry. <laughs> the Corey he's Perry a, effect. He's a ratings darling. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's people are tuning in. People want to see uh, see what, what Bedard is all about. And, you know, I, I think... He was held off the score sheet last night, not for a lack of trying. Um, said it last night in the in the pregame. I just, I think for him, there is a lot of expectations. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of attention. He's handling it well for an 18-year-old, like very handling it very well. Um, I think for him, he just needs to get a, a nice, crisp, clean, Catch and shoot, snipe, bar down, pick your corner, goal, and it'll kind of just kind of let oh, get a little little release a little tension, you know, loosen up the shoulders a little bit and allow him to kind of maybe feel a little bit more comfortable in in the NHL and you know being Connor Bedard in in this situation because you go back and you look at his highlights from last year at the World Juniors, the WHL, like he was doing that almost on a nightly basis, and now it's like okay, well. 
His only goal in the preseason was an empty netter, and his goal so far this year was a hardworking play, but it was kind of a you know little greasy wraparound goal around the net. He, over his career, is going to make a lot of money sniping pretty-looking goals, and I think he just needs one of those to fall, uh, and I think it's going to do a, a lot of good for him. So yeah, They're coming. You know what else is going to do Keep tuning in, for- and you'll see it. You know what's going to do good for Connor Bedard? Home games. Yes, that'll yes. be nice. Home games. That'll be, be nice. To be cheered. Yes. That'll by 20,000 nice. people. Ooh, to be cheered. By the way, I wrote about that media pressure on him uh, today for allchgo.com. So go check that out. All right. Uh, we're back tomorrow at 2.30. We're going to talk to Megan Engley from DNVR. Uh, wow. She's going to talk Avalanche with us tomorrow at yeah. uh, right at 2.30. So Sweet. make sure you don't miss that. And we'll go around the league a little bit uh, as we haven't really had that opportunity yet. Uh, to do so. Uh, so we'll preview the Avs, and then we'll uh, we'll go around the league on tomorrow's show at 2.30. Before we go, we want to remind everyone, it is time to get fitted out in the best sports gear around at FOCO. Birch. Hoodies, shoes, signs, Birch. bobbleheads, banana hammocks, and everything in between. It is baseball season in some cities, but in Chicago, it is football <laughs> and hockey season. So get your hoodies, yeah, really your pajama though? pants, all that great guys, stuff. Are excited about Trace McSorley? <laughs> Who? Yes, she sounds lovely. Everything you need for a game. Uh, And we got the great set decorations. Uh, Most of them, these are from my wife's uh, closet, the Jocelyn Tebow bobblehead with the wrong colors on the jersey. We should have Um, a thrift store called my wife's closet. (laughs) There probably is one. But if you want some stuff that looks right, FOCO is the place to get it. Go to FOCO.com or click the link in our description below. And for all non-presale items, use that promo code CHGO for 10% off. And you can right now pre-order a Connor Bedard bobblehead on Foco. So yeah. join us tomorrow, 2.30, Megan Angley from DNVR as we go around the league on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We all silly like the mayor.